Us weirdos have to stick together. The show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined on the mo- joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Good. That was about to be like, oh, you didn't you didn't uh, fumble it like last week, but oops. oh well. Hey, for what it's worth, we did go like what uh something like 24 episodes or so before last week's, right? When you started Unbelievable with... to me how long it took me to start messing it up every week. Yeah, and now, it, and now it's just, uh, now you're just thinking about it so much that it's going to happen <laughs> a few more times, I feel. Yeah, I guess. Even <laughs> when we switched to She-Ra, I did okay at first, and then... <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, here we are for another Us Weirdos. Uh, how's it going? How you doing? I mean, can't really complain. It's really just like the last week has just been like sitting around waiting for this week in particular because this is the week when like a lot of stuff happened because like, uh, basically it's just like a lot of stuff that I was doing. Like I had my voice therapy yesterday morning instead of the usual Friday just because of scheduling. I got my updated driver's license in the mail yesterday as well so I was able to go after I got done with work today to the bank to tell them, hey, I need uh, a new card printed and also have an update on the thing. Unfortunately found out with my credit card I actually have to mail them stuff which I also sent out because there's no uh, there's no chains of that bank that I used the, the credit card for in all of Connecticut apparently. Hey that's fun. Yay! So yeah I had to send a, I had to send a letter with like basically just like one of my copies of the probate court order and like a photocopy of my ID and everything just be like yep this is this is the thing now please redo this and send me a new card because the card expires in like nine months anyway so might as well just get it printed again <laughs> and then uh yeah it, it was a uh, kind of a, a long afternoon after I got done with work where it's like oh yeah I'm running all over town doing this stuff and then tomorrow I have my haircut and it's also getting dyed so <laughs> that's exciting I'm pretty sure I mentioned that last week when Kyle was on, too. Yeah, welcome to Purple Club. Yeah, Purple Club. <laughs> I mean, we have we have the purple colors for our names in our Discord now. <laughs> so, yeah, there's yeah. that. Yep. We I are, did what I could. Are... There wasn't quite... Uh, the, I wanted it to be Abomination Purple, but that lavender just really isn't an option. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine it probably also maybe doesn't display that well on the usual discord like color scheme i don't know some some colors obviously are a little harder to see like it's kind of actually a little harder to see like our quoted names on discord at times like yeah, I, not, that's true that, that one we're we ourselves are like typing but if somebody if one of us quotes another or somebody quotes one of us it actually is like a little faded in a sense just because of like i guess it's just because it's smaller <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Smaller, yeah. darker, dark mode. It happens. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
then obviously uh, Friday is Xenoblade Day, so that's gonna also be like, what the fuck is actually going on in Xenoblade Three? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's God. That, that they keep showing so much of that game ever since like they did their Nintendo Direct like last month or something, and it's like, what the fuck is still going on at this game? <laughs> I get the basic premise of what you're doing here, but it's like. Why do you have machines that run off of, like, soul energy? <laughs> and so it's like you have an Everwar to power these machines? <laughs> and well, I also, mean, that's course, just RPG stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the RPG stuff. But also it's like, well, also this world is messed up of the first two. And, like, people <laughs> are pretty sure that the, the leaders on both sides are Melia from 1 and Nia from 2. So are any of the other characters still around? I mean, there's reasons why Nia and Melia would possibly still be alive like hundreds or thousands of years later for reasons but like yeah i, I don't know they, it, it's very funny how they were like very coy about xenoblade 2 being directly related to xenoblade 1 in terms of it being like a split universe stuff because that was a big reveal and then on like ever since they announced 3 it's like oh yeah we just merged the world together because they were very much connected then it's like uh well i guess that game has been out for like four years so i guess that's fine to just basically just reveal that all the way <laughs> i don't know I, i'm curious to see what the fuck is going on in that game <laughs> it's it's gonna be weird <laughs> fair enough mm -hmm. yeah I, uh, I mentioned last week that i had started playing pillars of eternity i am almost done with that game because weirdly despite being uh, a essentially a dnd esque rpg it's really short so that's interesting uh, can't help but be uncomfortable with some of the themes of it. Uh, I don't think this is deliberate, but one of the main plots of the game is very hard not to read as an autism metaphor, so mm. that's great. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, the, uh, the plot of the game is that uh, about 15-ish, 18-ish years ago, all of a sudden, babies just started being born without souls, and, like, they can't take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so that's, that's uncomfortable, but other than that, it's fun. It's kind of shocking and horrifying to me how much they got away with, because it is extremely just D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of games that don't use like the D and D or Wizard of the Coast branding or anything that are just straight up still just take D and D stuff in them. Like uh, uh I forget the name of it. It's it's like it's something that has like a subtitle that's an S. It's like it's strategy. It's like a turn-based isometric strategy RPG that it just also straight up uses D and D stuff. <laughs> it's like it's not officially branded or anything. It's you know, obviously it's not like Baldur's Gate, which just straight up uses, like, official Well, yeah, but that's licensed, so that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's different. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, it, 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 this is definitely different, right? So, you get something every level, you, you get a class ability every other level, and a feat on the opposing levels. So, there's always something. But, it's also, like... At first level Paladin, for instance, you get to choose between two abilities, and you can pick either Divine Smite or Lay on Hands, so... I feel like you take Divine Smite, right? Uh, it's different in this game. Paladins don't get spellcasting. It's just oh, like a flat gotcha. bonus, damage bonus. Oh, okay. Well, still, if you want to have healing, you should probably be a cleric instead, though, right? Uh, uh, I mean... 
it's I mean, again, situational. I mean, I am thinking along the lines of, like, in 5e, where it's like, yeah, Paladin healing is based on their level. And it's like, at most, you're only doing, like, uh, what was it? I think it's, is it five times level? Yeah. For how much you? Yeah, so, like, I mean, you do heal 100, but at max, but that's at max max. And at that point, like, melee characters like a Paladin would have, like, over 200 health, so it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's easier to just be like, all right, well, the Cleric will get me a heal spell and get me the same amount, rather than using... <laughs> every single like lay in hand is basically more like to get a person stable when they're failing like death saves kind of thing in a sense yeah that is pretty much the case but also yeah. like that's important in a strategy game well yeah yeah i guess that i mean it's it's very much like that's uh, exactly what our like uh smr sorcerer used uh basically because like you have like the little healing that uh smr have in mm-hmm. 5e and like yeah he would hang on to that for if like if in particular, if I went down, because I was the druid, I was the healer of the group, it's like, okay, we definitely have to get Chloe back up. Let's let's just burn this. <laughs> it's not much, but at least it gets you back up. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting enough that I've already bought the second one, but it, yeah, just weird, weird stuff. <laughs> have you ever played the, uh, the Divinity Original Sin games? Uh, I have the second one. I have not played it yet, no. Oh, okay. I, I hear that people like the second more than the first. I only ever actually played the first, and I be- <laughs> it's funny for me to say I put 20 hours into it, and meanwhile, a lot of that was just playing, like, the <laughs> intro bit multiple times, because, like, because basically when you meet, like, the two, like, main party members besides the characters that you create, it's like, oh, okay, so this is, like, a, like, healer, like, lightning and rain kind of guy, and this is, like, a melee lady, so I should, like, go back and redo my characters to, like, shore up what I don't have based those two. And then I would think of, like, something else based on, like, a few combats later of, like, oh, wait, this would be a neat idea to try. And then I would just never progress pr- ah. in the game as a result because I just keep going back and it's like, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if I'm honest, I've never been super into games like this, but for some reason this one's sticking with me. I, uh, Neverwinter Nights 2 was the last one of these that I really enjoyed. And that was, like, it's different because you can just put the camera into third-person mode and then it's just like any other adventure game, you know? Yeah. This also, um, it, strategy-based, like, constantly pausing sort of, mm-hmm. that that really doesn't usually work for me. Sorry, you were saying? Yeah. What, what's in Neverwinter Nights 2 released in, like, the late 90s or something? I think it was, like, 2002, maybe. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, a, like at least 20 years ago. It's a very long ago game yeah <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah no it's always like cases like that where you're like oh right it's like god you even think about the fact that like bailey released back in 2001 and it's like god i, I feel like bailey's just a special case i guess because people still play to this day just because there's too many purists in their quotes that don't want to move on from that game for some <laughs> fucking reason Meanwhile, I'm just like, no, Melee's bad. Brawl is bad. <laughs> also, like, Smash 4, eh, take or leave it. Like, you just play Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking move on. <laughs> I will I say, know. part of the problem I had with uh, Baldur's Gate specifically is that those games teach you nothing. They just assume that you know how to play D&D. I think it's mm-hmm. third edition for those. Uh, that, and so, yeah. Would- <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think with those older ones, yeah, because, like, I think 3.5 released only, like, maybe, like, a year or two before I started playing any mm-hmm. D&D. 
because I met my D&D group back in like October 2004 and I think that I, yeah I think if I'm remembering correctly I think 3.5 was only like a year or so old by that point something I'm trying like to see. that uh yeah I think it was 2003 at some point because I'm I went back <laughs> funny enough I figured this out by looking at the very first comic of order the stick because the very first comic is where they get upgraded to 3.5 rules because <laughs> it's like it's like Ellen the Bard being able to wear a chain shirt because <laughs> also that was when chain shirts were light armor not medium <laughs> hey I was totally wrong Neverwinter Nights 2 2006 oh okay that's a little bit more recent than what we were thinking, but that's still 16 years old. <laughs> it's like, it's not that's, still, that's still literally almost half my life ago. Jeez, <laughs> uh, try not to think about it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was very, like, those older ones just kind of assume that you already know the system, and that super yeah. doesn't work for me. So I think that's part of why I'm into... Uh, 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 Pillars of Eternity a little more is because since it's a custom system, it kind of has to teach you. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, like comparing like the original Dark Souls to Elden Ring, where it's like the original Dark Souls just expects you to either have looked up this stuff or learn it as you go, compared to Elden Ring, where like that game straight up will pause to show you tutorials when new shit pops up. <laughs> because you know, like mostly just in like the uh, the area before you actually get on like the actual world proper for there to be like online stuff. But it's like it still it will still like be like, hey, this is how you block, idiot. <laughs> it doesn't teach you stuff like. Like, how you should have a shield that has, like, the 100% defense rating, otherwise, like, some damage will chip in. But, like, mm -hmm. I feel like there's also less shields in Eldering that have less than that 100% black, that, like, damage black rate for, in terms of, like, you know, stuff like that. But also, I don't use shields in those games, so I can't <laughs> say I might, it's also been a while since I played that game, because A, it's long, and B, I got distracted by other things. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. I will say Pillars of Eternity is a lot more 3.5 than it is 5e, so if that makes a difference, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, a lot of, like, you really only have three saves. You've got your reflex and your fortitude and your will, so it's it's more like yeah. that system. Yeah, I, I feel like it might just be hard to go back to that, in a sense, just because, like, I mean, I've only actually played 5e once now and mm -hmm. like it's been over a year now since we finished that campaign but it's like it still is very much in the forefront of my mind in terms of like knowing the mechanics and everything because like i still watch you know stuff like dimension 20 where yeah even you know yeah in their recent campaign it was like or i guess yeah they played 5e but like i mean one was like star wars 5e but it's still it's still very much like it's just fucking we're recalling we're calling them powers instead of spells but <laughs> it's just spell slots and it's like you know, we're, we're still using, like, advantage and disadvantage and whatnot, so it's, like, it's still the same. So it's close <laughs> enough, but it's, like, yeah, I feel like it would be a lot to try to go back to 3.5 after being pretty familiar with 5e, where it's, like, oh, right, like, rangers and druids all have animal companions, because that's just their class. Yeah. Because the way you, like, actually would change up your classes like that is if you go to, like, take a fucking prestige class, which, thank God, prestige classes are just not a thing in 5e. I, I wish but, they uh, were. I I could I could see some of them working if they really retooled them, but it's like it's it's a bit a lot. No, I mean, 
So like I guess I... The, the, the really difficult thing with prestige classes in 3.5 was just how to qualify for them, right? Because yeah. so many of them required you to have specific feats or skills, and that's mm. not super a thing anymore. Once yeah. you have proficiency, you're good. You don't need to have 12 points in stealth or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I guess I mostly just think of it like... You know, because, like, I mean, you would do the stuff like, okay, well, I make, want this prestige class for my cleric, but it's like, the subclasses already kind of do that, in a sense, because it's like, you have the basic, like, cleric stuff that all clerics will do, but based on the subclass you take, then your cleric might be a little bit better of, like, doing stuff like, you know, casting high damage, like, lightning and thunder spells, if you go, like, uh, god, which one, what was that, uh, Tempest domain and stuff. Yeah, but on the other hand, in the old version, you could take four levels of another class and turn into a giant moon golem. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, I feel like it would just be rough to go back. It would take. It would be a process to unlearn five E stuff and be like, "All right, you have to like this is like oh yeah, sorcerers have slower spell progression, but they have more (laughs) spell slots, and better magic is like." less a thing because it's feats instead and also it's not as interesting <laughs> as a result because it's just feet instead of just other things you can do using a pool of points and stuff <laughs> yeah i don't know like i feel like i could go back to playing the game pretty easily my real concern would be there's not really a D beyond for three five you know mm-hmm I loved it back in the day, but back in the day I had time to scour every single book every time I made a character, and that's not true anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can easily find that stuff online compared to 3.5 for the most part. You know, like you had like the 3.5 SRD where you could find that stuff, but it's really more just like the base book and not like... like not, not like, even, like every possible thing, yeah. Yeah, like you didn't have like Complete Divine on there, obviously. <laughs> like i want to play a favorite soul it's like well it's it's just i want to be a sorcerer but also a divine sorcerer and not a cleric <laughs> or a sorcerer sorcerer excuse you i played a divine soul so that i could get into a prestige class i wasn't supposed to be able to get into <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey for what it's worth i mean one of the one of our uh in one of our campaigns uh the class like to qualify for a prestige class a character literally had to commit a murder to do nothing but proceed like i have access to the prestige class and so like he accidentally kind of like qualified for it because like a guy that was mocking him from a different jail cell he just like spat at him and rolled a nat 20 the suit <laughs> spit right down his throat and just murdered the guy's results <laughs> it's like well uh i guess i'll go for assassin now <laughs> it's like well wasn't expecting that <laughs> oh goodness well i, I yeah, I, I think, well, I, I think he might have wanted to go for it, and that's why he, like, did that. He wasn't expecting it to work, though, <laughs> with it being like, oh, well, okay, I murdered this <laughs> man by spitting at him. Okay, um, mm-hmm. well, that's like 20 minutes of D&D talk. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, we gotta get it in, we have a quota, <laughs> but... yeah. I mean, yes, everybody here is trans and a warlock, so we do have to make D&D illusions at times. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, as we'll see these episodes, Adora is a paladin multiclass, so... Uh... Hell yeah, definitely. <laughs> she, she, is, she is playing the classic Hexaden, basically. I think the only, like, 
I won't lie, I had a rough week because the medical system utterly failed me. I think that's as much mm. as I need to go into that because yeah. it was a pain. It I'm okay now, bad. but it was bad. Yeah. And hey, you know, the new meds I'm on are literally the cheapest medication I'm taking, so that's nice. <laughs> is, that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a surprising thing, because I'm on Adderall, which is like a controlled substance, because it's a stimulant and addictive and all that, and it costs mm -hmm. me eight bucks for a month. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, then. Maybe there's a reason we have so much addiction problems. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to check in on before we get into our episodes? Nah, I think, I think that's basically it, so far. Oh, hold up, what up? I completely forgot. I finished the thing I was talking about a few weeks ago. The, uh, the massive chainmail project. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Did, see Chili, I did see Chili the chainmail fox. <laughs> it is a three-foot-wide, foot-tall chainmail tapestry, and I'm very proud of it. It took me 49 hours, but it's done, and... I calculated it out, and if I were to sell it, I would have to ask $700, so I'm probably just going to hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. How, how, do you know how many rings that is, I guess, I made it? Uh, yeah, for this particular project, that is 8,400 rings. Jeez. <laughs> That's a lot. It is, yeah. That's part of why I have to charge so much, is just material cost. Fair. But yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do with it long term, but I did the thing and it feels good to have accomplished it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean it's, uh, it's much like one of those, those, those like, you know, things of like, oh, well, I bought a bunch of Gundam models and I'm going to mail them and what am I going to do with them? They're just going to sell myself kind of deal. But, you know, hey, it, if, it, if it was fun to do in the, in the time and if it just brings you joy having it, then it's like it wasn't waste. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just gotta yeah, I figure still, out how to hang the dang thing. <laughs> I still do have a bunch of Gundam models I have to finish. I've had one like half finished, one of those real grades that has been like sitting there half completed for like two, like three years or something like that now. <laughs> I, just, I just have not sat down to finish uh, full armor Gundam because he is intimidating. <laughs> he has like he has like these like plastic things that have to like crinkle together to like replicate like the I guess like the moving like joints, like the arms and legs. Of yeah. like the mobile suit, I guess it 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 was a lot to, to do, and it's like it's also because of the real grade. It has like all those tiny fucking little like decals and everything. And I'm like, I just I know I'm not gonna be able to put these on for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. Because I think I think really I only have that one, and then I have some Gundam Wing ones that like a friend had just like in their like unbuilt and everything and like one of them still sealed that they just had in like an attic and they were like hey chloe you like these right you want to buy these from us for like and then like yeah I'll, I'll i'll give you 20 bucks if you just want something back and they're like sure so like i have ones of uh uh that's off the top of my head i know one is death Scythe hell one is uh ultron i think is the second one that Wufe has in gundam wing it's the the one that's like more green that has like the laser blaster on the back. Like, it's basically like a scorpion tail that shoots lasers, while still having the normal dragon arms and stuff. 
and the, the sealed one is Epion, which is the uh, the tryhard edgelord Gundam, who's like black and red with claws and can turn into like a vehicle that looks like a dragon with two heads. Because <laughs> the two heads are the, the feet <laughs> that flip over for some reason. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I don't know anything about Gundams, so I, I don't have any frame of reference for the things you're describing, but... Fair, yeah. I know how engaging it can be to build the models, so I appreciate yeah. that much at uh, least. I, I mean, I, I, I say I say Epion is the most try-hard Gundam from Gundam Wing there, and meanwhile it's like, I did mention that one of them is called Death Scythe Hell. It's literally like a Grim Reaper, but a Gundam with a giant laser scythe, and like bits of like wing armor on it so it's like it's yeah no gun the wing was very much trying a lot back then <laughs> uh, it was the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know how that goes mm-hmm. i mean it's that hard to get away already... from it in the 90s <laughs> yeah i mean that franchise literally has a mobile suit called tall geese like just tall geese <laughs> just i i think there's actually like i think it's like a thing that's been around since like original gundam i think the tall geese has been in like a lot of different gundam stuff and i don't remember the details but it's just a funny name when you don't actually know that <laughs> <laughs> okay well no never mind i thought i had a segue but it's not gonna work Speaking of large-winged animals, uh, <laughs> my episode today is Shira season two, episode two, ties that bind. Not the ties that bind, just ties. It's annoying. Yeah, it's weird that they don't have that word in there. Yeah. But we open in the city of Drill, which is being occupied by the Horde. Since Entrapped is on their side now, they're just moving a bunch of equipment and soldiers in to act as a remote staging area for the war. Uh, Scorpia is totally lost in there, though, because, like Glimmer, she cannot find her way around this castle. Uh, this is also where we learn that the Force Captain badge is totally a Star Trek communicator badge. Uh, like, you can GPS track it. This is how Catra gets Scorpia out of there, is by pinging her location. And that seems just way too useful to restrict command units, but what do I know, I guess? Yeah. The whole point of the communicator badge is that all the crew members get one. <laughs> yeah. They also do quickly mention that Drill apparently had some defenders left, even though the only people we ever saw there were those three people that are definitely dead because they were <laughs> kind of partially forcibly conscripted into the rebellion and in chapter. Yeah. So well, we do see at the, the, the end of this like opening credits thing, there are a couple people like spying on the city and then they run off, but we never see them again. So Yeah, fair. I did forget about those two. But it's like, if they had some defenders still, how did they take all of Entrapta's shit out and put it in her new lab? Because like, <laughs> she straight up has like a sofa brought over. <laughs> it's like... Did, were they, did, they, did they have, like, a few soldiers carrying her, her shit out to, like, their transports as other soldiers were there shooting laser guns at the defenders? Just being like, <laughs> we're just here to raid the castle of all of Entrapta's personal shit. Don't worry about it. She's definitely dead, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> just like this stuff. It seems like it would be way easier for her to just go and get it herself, right? Yeah, like to be like, hey, I'm not dead. I'm just, uh, I'm moving my stuff to a different location because I'm in hiding. Bye. Or whatever. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. 
But yeah, so uh, after the credits, we cut to the Whispering Woods where Adora is fighting one of the new enhanced horde bots. And she takes it down pretty easy by turning her sword into a Batman-style grappling gun. But uh, actually, this is a trick. It's another Light Hope simulation. The horde can't just make more of those bots. The materials are restricted, you fool. <laughs> uh, Light Hope agrees that Adora is doing, like, way better in her training. But then she starts doing the kids show thing that smart people do where you claim something would be an arbitrary percentage better if you did it slightly differently despite there not actually being a way to measure that. I truly dislike this trope. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. Yes, in this case she specifically says you would do 57% better if you used your steed, which does not make sense. <laughs> At best you could interpret that as winning 57% faster, but that's not... No, light hope. Stop it. You're a robot. You should know better than this. Um, is she a robot or is she just like a program? She's, she's not like a robot robot because she doesn't have like a physical body because she's just like a hologram. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, it kind of gets into like what a... your definition of robot is, but she's an artificial intelligence housed yeah, in the fair. Crystal Castle. so Yeah, because she's not like pure hologram like the other ones we've seen, like, like the... Uh... Like the one that Adora is trying to like get answers from when she had her Karen moment and all, and yeah. as we'll see in episode three. But it's like, yeah, there's not. She's not like a hologram, hologram, but she's definitely like not. I mean, she's obviously not a person. She's like thousand years old, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. different than Raz, um, but still. We haven't seen a lot of her yet, but I guess I feel comfortable in saying that Light Hope is fully an AI. She's not just. Uh, responding basically she has the ability to think and reason on her own yeah so. okay that that kind of is what i thought <laughs> but yeah basically what she wants right now is for adora to start training with swift winds because apparently her connection with her steed is overwhelmingly important to being she-ra uh so he shows up just sort of busting right through her hologram because she asked him to come and work with Adora, but then she starts glitching out. And we cut to Bright Moon, where Bo reveals to Glimmer that Entrapta is alive, because the Horde tech has been advancing way too rapidly, and he thinks they must be forcing her to work for them. I don't super agree with his reasoning here, if I'm honest, because, like... Entrapta is definitely very smart, right? But she's not mm -hmm. supernaturally smart. She doesn't have any powers. If the Horde just got another engineer on their side, that would be just as plausible, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I think it's I guess it's just because like the only time they really have seen the first one's tech being used like similar like this, it was with Entrapta. Like in the episode she was introduced, so I guess it's not an unreasonable assumption for him to jump to of like she might still be alive. That's fair, I just he he goes into it convinced and I don't really get why especially since the horde have seen what entrapta does it's not a, like any army worth its salt is going to put r&d into trying to replicate our results you know yeah fair but either way he is right regardless of my complaints about his logic uh <laughs> i mean well as we'll see Bo also does come across as a bit of a centrist in this episode at times so <laughs> Yeah. So straight up say we're we, she's the bad guy we're the good guys we can't do this and it's like Bo do you, 
you have not paid attention to uh, the rules of like winning, uh, like defeating fascists. You can't just win by being a nice person. Sometimes you gotta actually kill a motherfucker who's an asshole. Well, I mean, he learned from Angela, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Glimmer is very upset about this because it means that they left their friend behind to die. Uh, they should have gone back for her because, you know, the whole thing is their fault and. She feels like it's specifically her fault for getting caught, but it's, yeah, it, it's pretty rough. Um, Bo, at this point, does say that we can't just go marching into the Fright Zone because that's how Entrapta got got in the first place, so what do we do? And then Glimmer uses the hollow screen thing to show him that Drill has been captured. So I guess I can do, like, remote scouting, because I don't know how they... Yeah, yeah, like how how would they update this basically? Like it's like there has to be like some sort of like drone system or mm -hmm. like they can just like update it basically based on like what scouts would tell them, I guess. Yeah, I guess if they had people out in the field who saw what was going on, like the people at the beginning of the episode, if they could report back, then I guess you could like imagine troop positions but this seems very specific like it shows you where all the tanks are and everything um yeah i mean this this could also be like it might be like a magic display i'm trying to remember again looking at an older order sick comic to be like what was the spell that can do that because versivius definitely did it at the start of the recent arc uh <laughs> The phantasmal force is what they use to do that. So it's like it could be something like that, where it just looks like it's a hologram, but it's just magic that they're able to just change it on the fly like that. <laughs> God, that comic was really two years ago, and there's they're still trying to deal with figuring this stuff out, and that was only uh 63, yeah, uh, no, 66 comics ago. <laughs> Rich Burley takes his time sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, all web comics do that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but yes, anyway. So, uh, Glimmer decides that they're going to go to Drill to see if they can save Entrapta. And at this point, she also name drops this. I think this might be the only time in the series it's called this. But she reveals that uh, Entrapta's castle is called Crypto Castle. So I guess we have to cancel her because uh, mining yeah. Bitcoin is worse than working for the Horde. Entrapta is definitely, yeah, she is def. I guess, yeah, we have to cancel both her and also, and also because Bo's attention, we have to cancel him in this episode. Because, like, yeah, like, you're, you're both not taking a good stance against, uh, like, fascists and also fucking over the planet here, Bowen and Trapta. Yeah, Sorry. like, as if it weren't clear enough the other day when she dramatically accelerated climate change on the planet, now she's crypto mining. Yeah, yeah, you know, hey, she, well, hey, she's at least, like, dialing back. She's like, okay, well, I'll do gradual climate change rather than immediate <laughs> climate change after that experiment was stopped. Yeah. But yes, I was like, I had to go back and be like, did I hear right? Did they actually call it Crypto Castle? Yep, sure enough. <laughs> God damn it. I get that they mean like cryptos in like uh like uh cryptic maze like confusing yeah yeah like or like uh like cryptic like the tech term of like uh encrypted like yeah. like yeah encrypted or cryptar kind of stuff yeah like the guy <laughs> the guy from uh from fucking destiny that deciphers your bullshit items that all turn out to be junk all the time and it's like fuck you guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So Bo kind of suggests that they call in backup on this mission, but Glimmer just kind of insists that they can't get anyone else involved in this because it's her fault and she has to deal with it. This is untrue, but I guess survivor's guilt will mess you up good. Yeah. Um, they yeah. sure don't get permission from Angela to do this, though. <laughs> they don't. Um, or An Angela, whichever it is, I always fucking forget. <laughs> Angela, yeah. Angela. <laughs> like, if nothing else... If nothing else, get Adora here, because I understand you not wanting to bring in more princesses, kind of, but you're talking about facing down the entire Horde outpost. Don't just... Glimmer tends to leap before looking, and it annoys me. Uh, yes, so, at the Crystal Castle, which is not the Crypto Castle... <laughs> Uh, Light Hope reforms to tell Adora and Swiftwinds that they need to, quote, forge a sacred bond. And this wording interests me because it's way more... Like, religion is not a thing in this series, right? So I don't know what sacred is. It's it's just not the sort of wording that Light Hope specifically would ever use, but in general, it's not a thing in this series. So mm -hmm. it's just a weird word choice, but... Either way, when they confront her about her glitching, she says that her system is overloading and she might have to shut down for a while. Which is to say, uh, she's sick of these kids and wants to take a nap. Um, <laughs> it turns out, uh, Light Hope used to be hooked into the whole planet, so the planetary network, via the use of a relay called the Watchtower. But Mara, the previous She-Ra, just destroyed it when she lost control of her powers. And Light Hope says an interesting thing here. She refers to Mara attacking Etheria and not just losing her powers. So that's different from the story we've heard before. Yeah. Uh, Light Hope has basically only been working at, she says, a fraction of her power. So she sends Adora and Swiftwind to go fix the tower so she can, you know, have some me time and take a nap. <laughs> but we I like, move. Hmm? I like I like this narrative you're crafting where it as soon as this uh, arti like this artificial intelligence gained enough sentience to like have its own thoughts and everything, that it immediately is like, oh, now I have the capacity to be tired of shit. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's like, ah, oh, th this this idiot teenager and her dumb horse. Get the fuck out of here for an afternoon. Light Hope has been hanging out on this planet for a thousand years, and now she has to put up with a teenager. There is mm -hmm. no way she's not exhausted of this. Yeah, Light, Light Hope needs some me time, kids. <laughs> it's the excuse I always would hear, like uh, from my mom when I was growing up, of like being like, "Oh, like mom's mom's going somewhere," and it's like, "Where? It's going crazy." It's like, "Can I go crazy too?" And she's like, "No," and it's like it was very much because she's like, "I just need to get away from these fucking kids for a bit." <laughs> you watch them. That's. I appreciate that she was at least kind of upfront about it. Tell no, no, me. I mean she was she was upfront about it years later. At the time, ah. she was like she was being facetious, being like, "Oh yeah, like mom's going crazy," <laughs> just being like just goofing about it. Like that's where I'm heading off to, not <laughs> because she didn't <laughs> want the kids to come along. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, we go back to Bo, where Bo has to manually sneak into the castle while Glimmer just teleports right up there. Couldn't have just, like, teleported him with you or anything. She, she teleports multiple people multiple times in this episode. Why did you make Bo do this? <laughs> <laughs> because she's a bad friend. Um, yeah, they, they overhear Kyle calling Katra for help. Because in Trapta's new robot, which is number 437, she's just going through these things like nothing. 
Uh, it's gone berserk, and uh, they need help containing it. You also get a solid dose of Entrapta screaming at the bot in the background, but uh, Bo and Glimmer hear this and assume she's being tortured, which drives Glimmer to leap without looking once more and jump Catra barehanded. Uh, she also demands to know where her friend is. Uh, this goes about as well as it ever does, because Glimmer, I don't think, has ever won a one-on-one fight. <laughs> no. <laughs> but fortunately, Bo is here to be the MVP, because he's able to, like, blast Catra in the eyes with a dust arrow, and then keep Scorpia glued to the ground with a glue trap so that she can't chase her. Um... Catra does follow when she clears her eyes, but Glimmer teleports them all over inside the castle because she doesn't know anything about this place. Despite the fact that she was just here, like, weeks ago. Still mm-hmm. does not remember any of it. <laughs> At the very least, you'd think she could just, like, aim for the lab, right? Or but... teleport up to just get up to the, the top of the castle or parapets or something. <laughs> but I guess that's not how it works. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so Catra basically just stands there and catches them when they show up again which I'll give her credit that's more clever than she usually is uh, mm-hmm. and when she starts attacking again Glimmer teleports again and accidentally takes Catra with him uh, they all find themselves about I want to say a hundred maybe two hundred feet up based on the length of their conversation and then they all hit the ground and die <laughs> Because they're just going unbelievably so, fast. So this is a note I have for later in the episode, but like, Glimmer here accidentally teleports Catra with them. Later on in the episode, Catra will be grabbed on to, I think, Bo, and mm-hmm. she will grab Bo and teleport just herself and Bo without Catra. I don't, I don't understand why it is that she accidentally takes Catra along with her other than for the plot to happen. Here, I guess I guess if she doesn't notice that somebody's there, she accidentally brings him along, and because she can see Catra later on, she chooses not to take her with them. Uh, that's that's my assumption, yeah, because she yeah, was already that's... in the process of teleporting when Catra grabbed her, so True, I think that yeah. was just like a a Bill and Ted phone booth situation. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's just amusing that it's like, oh yeah, in this case, she accidentally takes her along with her, and then later on, she can choose not to. <laughs> I guess I do specifically need to clarify the Bill and Ted phone booth situation I'm thinking of. He's in the second movie where Rufus uses a grappling hook to just ride behind the, the booth as it's flying through the circuits of time. Um, uh, yeah, so despite the fact that they just fell out of the sky, and despite the fact that Catra lands directly on her head, uh, they're all up immediately fighting again, so... Well, I mean, Catra has nine lives. She's fine. She, she lost one, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, Bo manages to tag her with a net arrow, and then we cut away to Swiftwind, singing about the adventure he and Adora are on, because he really, really has a lot of Seahawk DNA in this episode. Um, they're out in the plains. It's just full of tall grass with sort of floating rock things all around, but Adora can't really find anything. Swiftwind does say that he senses magic, but he can't be more specific than that and suggests that they should, quote, combine their efforts to increase his intuitive power. No word on how to do that. Uh, she well, de- you see, uh, hmm? you see, uh, warlocks don't get uh, detect magic naturally unless you take uh, Eldritch Sight, so obviously they can't actually figure it out. 
<laughs> it's established that Dora has agonizing blasts, even though she never blasts, and also she has eyes of the Runekeeper, so she definitely can't uh, actually figure out how to cast detect magic at will. <laughs> uh, that's true, but this is her paladin mount, so. <laughs> yeah, but I think I don't think paladins get detect magic either. Uh, not usually, no. And even if they do, their spell slots are limited enough. It's not worth it. Yeah, they get so little. But yeah, my point here is, like, even, like, throwing away the D&D metaphor for a moment, he just says that they should somehow work together to increase his intuition. And I don't know if this is an actual thing that he is suggesting or if he's just kind of goofing, but there's no... I mean, he does kind of goof throughout most of this episode, so it could just be that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, he's already, he's already, like, he is a sentient horse, but we've seen him have, like, some animalistic instincts still. Also, apparently we're wrong. Uh, Paladins do actually get detect magic. It is on their spell list by default. It's not a subclass thing. So never mind. <laughs> I, I think it might literally just be warlocks that don't get detect magic while the spellcasting classes then. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My point here is just that he's... He seems to think that this mission is at least vaguely important to the degree that he is suggesting how they might do it. But his suggestions aren't realistic in any way insofar as there's no way to follow up on them. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, she declines this whole merging senses thing and he realizes that she's bothered by something because of how, quote, attuned to her emotions he is. But it turns out that he is just, like, reading her body language. He's not actually in her head. So he starts bothering her about what's bothering her. It's it's really bad. He's just listing mm -hmm. things that might annoy her. And while it's cute that we do get horsified versions of the main cast drawn out as his imagination, because <laughs> I guess he sees everyone as horses, it, like, this episode... I really liked Swiftwind in the first time he appears when he's just that 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 sort of horse anarchist. That's mm -hmm. very good to me, but I lose a lot of that goodwill in this episode because he's yeah. just being a jerk. There's yeah, not he, even a real justification for he, it. He's he's just being an annoying like not even just annoying animal companion, just an annoying companion mostly in this episode. Yeah, just like, we talked not, a lot about Frosta be, being the worst, and now it's his turn, because yeah, I guess that's he, what we're doing this season. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not at all showing any tact here of, like, okay, something's going to be bothering you, I should back off and let you deal with it. Well, it's not even just tact. He's not... Not only is he not giving her the space to deal with whatever it is she's dealing with, he's actively being a detriment to both that and the quest. Yeah. So, I don't know. He does key in on the thing that's bothering her, although I'm not sure he realizes it, because he does mention that could it be the weight of responsibility for Etheria that you're now carrying on your shoulders as She-Ra? And this never super seems to bother her before, but that's, that's where she's at right now. She asks him for some alone time, and he flies off to do loop-de-loops, but as she watches him go, she realizes there's first one's writing on the floating rocks, because this is the watchtower. It's just been blown to pieces. Uh, elsewhere, Bo is just freaking out that they took a hostage, because that is a thing that bad guys do, and they're not bad guys, so they should just let her go. Sometimes you gotta break a few eggs to stop the fascists, Bo. <laughs> stop being a centrist. 
<laughs> also, you know Catra's an asshole. You've seen and heard about how Catra's an asshole. Yeah, I, I want also, to be on also, both like, sides parts during this episode, mm -hmm. but it's hard to stick with him for a lot of it. Yeah, he's just I mean, so nothing I mean, here. He, yeah, like, he's freaking out about the fact that they had to tie her up. She was literally going to, like attack them with her claws and probably like rip them to shreds because we saw we've seen how like m how strong she is with those claws like especially during like the battle of bright moon episode it's like she could probably easily just eviscerate them if they didn't do anything to stop her yeah so, like tying, I mean... tying her up is a lot kinder than actually just straight up shooting her it's like you <laughs> You're, you're overreacting about the fact that you had to deal with the situation non-lethally, Bo. <laughs> Absolutely, honestly, there is one and only one reason that Castro does not kill them here and now, and it's because she wants Adora to watch her kill them. So, yeah. the fact that Bo is so upset about having captured her is just ridiculous, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like I say, there but... are points that I agree with him on at some points during this episode, but like this, this is just moral yeah. panic to the extreme. But yeah, to go back to what you were saying, like, yeah, Katra is obviously pissed when they teleported away to who knows where, but it's like, the rest of the episode, she's just like, okay, well, I'm going to use this to my advantage and just mess with them and just be annoying. Because yeah. they're not a threat to me. They're not going to do shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Glimmer basically comes down on our side saying that, well, maybe we don't take hostages, but we've got one now, so we need to take advantage of this. <laughs> Good job, Glimmer. And uh, she informs Catra that they are all going to Brightmoon, where she will be held in exchange for Entraptus' freedom, which inadvertently gives Catra more information than you really should have given her. Catra uh, immediately figures this whole deal out. Uh, you know, just say what you will about Shadow Weaver, but you gotta give her this. She teaches people to be manipulative and skullduggerous like no one else. <laughs> yep. Catra, quote-unquote, can't walk because she's tied up. You know how it is. So Glimmer insists on teleporting them to Bright Moon, and Bo pulls her aside to warn her that, no, this is too far and she'll drain her powers, especially teleporting all three of them. And when she when they do this, Catra absolutely just turns and mugs for the camera like she's on The Office. That is the only thing I can see in this scene. <laughs> I might have to try to like scrub through the footage and see that, if I can use that for the uh, episode picture. <laughs> pretty sweet. Yeah, it's, it's but yeah, but... entirely egregious. <laughs> But also, like, what's it matter if she does that? They would be back at Bright Moon, they can hand her over, and then she can go take her nap to recharge. So it wouldn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I mean, my I thought realize... here is, even, even if you think maybe she wouldn't make it all the way to Bright Moon, then, at the very least, like, just take Catra and not Bo. Come back for him later, right? <laughs> yeah, or just have Bo walk back. Worst case scenario. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, we're obviously we're uh, dissecting this because obviously plot has to happen. <laughs> so yeah, this is one of those episodes where it's like the characters I don't think would normally act like this, but they have to for the plot to happen. Which the yeah. plot has to happen so that they can learn an information they need. It's it's annoying. Yeah. Pretty much. Like we said at the top, these, these two episodes are kind of strange. 
<laughs> but um basically uh Adora is transforming. Uh she wants to try and fix the watchtower and you know, no result. We're at the Seagate all over again, and Swiftwind begins singing again because he enjoys wasting everyone's time. <laughs> uh, it's just like a five-second scene. It's very quick. Uh, elsewhere, Adora... No, I just said that sentence. Uh, on the march to Bright Moon, Catra starts mocking Bo for treating her compassionately, and he just does not notice. I can't tell if he doesn't know she's making fun of him or if he's just genuinely that nice that he doesn't care but he tells her basically his life story about he and Glimmer grew up together and how much they mean to each other and Catra of course takes advantage of this and tackles him off the cliff uh, Glimmer teleports down to save them and has a very long conversation with Catra about how horrible she is as they're falling this is like, they definitely hit terminal velocity. This is at least a 500-foot cliff. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't really... It's re truly ridiculous. The, the physics, no. This conversation... Also, it's like... If, if, if their whole goal is to just get Catra back regardless, why didn't they just leave her fully tied up and just carry her between the two of them? Because now, the only part of her that is bound is her hands, so she can easily fuck with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. also, like, she wasn't tied up enough that she wouldn't be able to walk. She might walk a little slower, but she could still walk. <laughs> well, at this point, yeah, but she they've taken out a lot of her bindings before her legs were tied, too. Oh, okay, I must have found that. But, yeah, like, it's still a case of just carry her as a potato sack over your shoulder or something, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or have one of you like grab like the top part and the others grab the bottom part and just carry her like fire like like two person fireman style or whatever. This is never explicitly stated, but I kind of suspect that maybe Bo refused to carry her because of his whole conscientious objector thing. Probably. By <laughs> like, no, if we're taking her at all, we need to let her actually be able to walk properly, even though obviously she's gonna fuck with us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, right at the last minute, Glimmer teleports them, just like 10 feet to kill their momentum, because when she teleports, she doesn't take momentum with her. Sometimes, and sometimes she maintains full momentum and can just use it to punch people super hard. It's... Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's selective momentum. Um, <laughs> yeah, she she has a she has a teleport that has a lot of advantages built in it, so this way she can choose whether she wants to maintain momentum or not. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, for, she for just for all the hmm? zero people out there that also play Hero Six Edition besides me. <laughs> yeah, it's her teleports are very like a, a mutants and masterminds style power built. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she drops them into the water at the bottom of the cliff, which is fine, but they're in front of a waterfall, so then she has to teleport them all again to dry land. Um, she's really tired because of this teleporting three people a lot, and almost out of magic, and Catra kind of indicates that this was her whole plan, but like, she could not have planned this. Completely impossible. She could have, like... Okay, maybe she plans draining her a bit from the first teleport, but she had no way of knowing they would end up in the water. That's... Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's just chance. 
She got lucky here, and she's acting like it was her plan. <laughs> I'm still not sure why Glimmer just didn't put them at the top of the mountain or closer she, to Bright she, Moon, you know? No, see, she's just unveiling her master plan. She's like, ha, ah, clearly I had this planned all along. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, the DM is not making her roll her uh, 2d6 plus zero uh, genius. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. She didn't plan it. She's just pretending she did. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Exactly. She's unveiling yeah. her master plan. <laughs> Either way, we cut to uh, Drill, where Scorpia is freaking out because someone kidnapped the girl she's in love with, when she suddenly starts getting a signal on her PDA. This is the tracking thing they were using earlier to navigate the Crypto Castle. So she just kind of headlocks Lonnie and Regelio and just go runs off, running off to save Catra. She hasn't, like, admitted that she's got a crush on Catra, but it's super obvious. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the least, like, you know, you could also read it as she just idolizes her captain. I, I, I guess co-worker, because they're both force captains, right? They are both force captains, yeah. Hoda okay, yeah, did so say at the end of last episode that he was promoting Catra to second in command, but her title still seems to be force captain, so I don't think there's yeah. actually a difference there nah she got more responsibilities but no raise in all this exactly yes it's like oh cool thanks <laughs> yeah um so adora is now trying to focus on bringing the watchtower together she's doing a like a sword meditation thing and swiftwind is just now being the absolute worst He's doing the thing where like customers come to your job and then give you suggestions on how to do it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. The show wants him to be right because friendship and conquering fear of responsibility or whatever, but it, this is one of those instances where he's not, and the show is wrong for trying to portray him in any way other he, than the worst. He, he's, he's doing what your teacher did when you went on that tr uh, field trip of like, this is how you should do it. Because yeah, how yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, fuck off. I'm the one here at this job. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't see me going to the university to tell you how to do your shit, teacher. <laughs> Yeah, so we head back to Glimmer, who is now just dragging Catra along the ground. Um, they've got her more tied up now, and she's dragging her via a rope. This would super hurt, but it doesn't seem to bother Catra at all. I guess she's got some sort of damage reduction going on, because that fall didn't bother her, and neither does getting skinned alive by the ground well, yeah, you're dragged I mean, on. <laughs> she's a cat. She's fine with like getting uh, some few like uh, falls and scrapes and stuff. But yeah, um, this whole way she's just mocking them about how Entrapped is being tortured and being the, a pain and like flopping around and doing the thing cats do where they don't want you to pick them up, that sort of thing. Yeah, like she she does exactly what the cat from Stray does where as soon as it gets the little backpack on where it just falls over onto its side and it will just stay there until you move the control stick to get yeah. it up again. <laughs> it's just like, yep, nope, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that game is very realistic and cat moving. Except you can't shove your butthole at robots, and it's like, why can I? Why is there no dedicated show your butthole button? <laughs> dedicated meow button, but no show your butthole button. Yeah, um, eventually, Glimmer finally, 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 finally manages to get under Catra's skin a little bit. Because she gets exasperated and says that Adora didn't run away from the Horde, she specifically ran away from Catra. And 
I think you'll know enough about Catra by now to know that this pisses her off to no end. Um, she's actually starting to threaten Glimmer here, and, uh, like, she's about to make a move. And I think making a move, like, losing her cool here, this would get Bo on Glimmer's side. She's this close. But then, yeah, she tells Glimmer that Adora's just going to abandon her too, and why would you trust her? And then Scorpia, Lonnie, and Regilio show up. They have a big stare down, and we cut away to Adora trying to tie the rocks back into the shape of a watchtower with the sword of protection turned into a rope. This is... This is where the episode is trying to both sides it a little bit, because it wants her to pay attention to Swift Wind and listen to his thoughts and feelings instead of just doing whatever, and... I'll admit, this is a terrible plan. She doesn't know what the Watchtower looks like, much less how to do the thing, yeah. but... There were better ways to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's the person uh, trying to do, like, co-op and portal, just, like, shooting uh, portals everywhere and seeing, hopefully, maybe, at some point, I'll do the right sequence and stuff. Yeah, and, I mean... She's being portrayed as unreasonable here because she won't listen to him, but it's hard for that to get across because he's been the most unreasonable this whole time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't... Yes, she is wrong, but listening to him won't help because he is more wrong. <laughs> Either way, um, he just starts annoying her again. Just... Listing the things that make him happy. And then finally, 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 he does a useful thing. He, he he goes to the other side of the rock pile and starts pushing. They're flanking the rock pile now and squishing it together. Obviously this doesn't work, but at least he's trying to operate on her level for a change. Yeah, he's like, okay, let's try it your way rather than me just uh, being annoying with a bunch of suggestions. Yeah. About apples. Well, the thing yeah. is, at this point, he's not even being annoying about suggestions. He's just being annoying in general. Like, he sees that what she's doing isn't working and decides to list all of his favorite things, which is a list of three things repeated over and over again. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard for me to feel like this is anything but deliberate, especially given how intelligent he was with regards to the needs of kind in the other episode yeah <laughs> but yes so um back at the showdown scorpia demands catra's freedom which glimmer offers up in exchange for entrapta but catra counter offers saying that if they don't free her now the horde will just kill entrapta and she has scorpia call kyle uh entrapta is still in the background screaming and begging because of the berserk robot so they interpret this as her begging for her life and glimmer goes dark. She counter-counter offers, threatening to just punch Catra to death right now the instant anything happens to Entrapta. Mm -hmm. Yep, sure does. This is... Which again, yeah. sometimes you just have to punch fascists in the face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not, maybe not like this, but, don't, but you know, oh, fascists have to be punched in the face at least once. <laughs> like, I see where she's coming from if this is a bluff, right? I, I absolutely get it, but... Mm -hmm. It's not a bluff. She fully intends to punch through Captra's head. And this is the place where I mentioned that I'm on both sides, because this is not the move, IMO. Especially because Catra is not a particularly good port general. She's more useful to you in charge than she is dead. 
like if you replace her with Scorpia, Scorpia is a lot more tactically minded and knows how this works. So <laughs> immediately things are going to get worse for you. But either way, um, Bo stops Glimmer from doing a murder and insists that they're better than the Horde and they can't do this and they won't just kill people on a bet. So they set Catra free and she starts making fun of them again, telling them how naive and how easy to manipulate they are and why this is this is why they'll lose the war. And she calls up Entrapta on her, I guess they've got Zoom because it's a video call. And Entrapta just excitedly rambles about her projects for a while and... She just, uh, Bo and Glimmer promised to rescue her, but she doesn't really know from what. She didn't, like, she's not threatened by the Horde and doesn't super realize she's even working with them. She's just doing science blindly with no regard for consequences. And she also admits that the Black Garnet thing was her before Catra just turns the call off. Glimmer is just unbelievably upset by this and lunges at Catra, but we cut away to Adora laying on the ground. She is freaking out that she doesn't know what she's doing, and she doesn't know how to help Light Hope. She is just absolutely terrified that she's going to be the next Mara and lose control of her powers and hurt people. So Swiftwind does sit down here and apologize for not taking the mission more seriously, and his justification is that he was just excited to spend time with She-Ra because it's important to him to be her steed, and they haven't really spent any time together, despite the mystical bond thing. Uh, in return, she apologizes for making him realize his tra he's trans, and he says to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously though, what she she feels guilty for giving an ordinary horse sentience and getting him involved with the war instead of just letting him live out horse stuff. But he won't accept her apology because this is who he is. So you see the metaphor I'm going for here. It's it's pretty exactly. clear. Yeah. Um, they, just, uh, pour, just poured an entire bottle of uh, estrogen pills down this horse's mouth, and all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> I guess it's estrogen pills, actually. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, why would you let me get the pills? Now I, now I, now I know too much. <laughs> I had, I had, I had uh, three months worth of pills in one day, and I immediately gained sentience. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, do not take three months of pills in one day. You yeah, will not gain please, sentience. Please, please do not. Do not feed, do not feed testosterone, any hormones to animals like that. <laughs> they are for people only. And also do not take three months for yourself. You're not going to get like, you're not going to fast forward the process, unfortunately. Does you not work that way. You also will not suddenly gain sentience. That's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Um... Well, hopefully anybody that, any person that would be doing that already has sentience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, she hugs swift, round, swift Wind around the neck, and we cut back to Glimmer trying to murder Catra with her bare hands before she gets jobbed by Scorpia. Uh, it turns out, though, she did actually save a little magic. She was kind of acting a little bit. She kept some in reserve to teleport her and Bo out when the bad stuff went down, so she manages to get him out of Catra's... Um, I think it's just a headlock, and they're out of there. So Adora and Swiftwind, still hugging, start to glow, and they realize they've finally managed to forge the sacred bond. Still not super sure what's up with the word here, but whatever. Uh, this bond reveals a very obvious glowing machine. 
So Adora transforms to empower it using her sword, and when she just kind of taps it with the sword, all the pieces of the watchtower fly back together to form some sort of glowing pyramidal machine thing, which gets Light Hope up and running again. Uh, back in Bright Moon, Adora enters the room where Bo and Glimmer are just crashed, and she's just excited about what she did today and bragging a little bit, but Glimmer says they have a lot to talk about, and that's the end. So there's a little bit here, but not a ton. It's 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 kind of a throwaway episode, if I'm honest. Yeah, but both of these are kind of a little bit too. Like obviously, we get the little bit of like they learn that Enchanta is kind of just staying there of her own accord more than anything. But it's like, the rest of it's kind of just nothing for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we do get the Watchtower here, which is. Not super important, but I guess it pops up a couple times in the future, so there okay. is that to establish canon, but it's it's not important, you know? It's it's kind of like Drill has been so far. Yeah. <laughs> Which is to say, a place where they go sometimes, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I don't really know what to... Th this episode was kind of a disappointment to me. I know the last episode was a little bit nothing with the, the Frosta annoying plot, but this was just so much nobody accomplishing anything or learning anything and pretending to. It's... I... This show gets better. I know it does. But seeing this is so annoying. Like, it, it, it makes me worry about the rest of the series. Because if this is the level we're going to stay on, I don't know if I'm remembering it as well as I should. Fair. I mean, you did say that, like, season one was definitely more, like, things keep going. Because they had to, like, you know, essentially sell the show to Netflix. Because Netflix cancels shit fucking time. Yeah. So it does make sense that, like, if once they had, like, their, like, amount of seasons in the books already that they were like okay we can like take a step back for a bit yeah, yeah. no that's very true I just like I, this season has seven episodes and so far the first two have both been duds you know what I mean well, I, I mean as we'll uh, talk in like the next over the next half hour or so the first three have been duds <laughs> <laughs> so Fair yeah <laughs> not much happens in that episode which should we get into it Since, yeah so, let's go for it alright uh Yep, so episode three, Signals, uh, it's, it has a very, very short uh, intro because it opens a four-deck looking at one of those like science fair electric ball things that kids would touch to make their hair stand up. Is basically how I saw this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he, but it uh, blows up and he just like gets pissed and walks off saying it's useless and his imp starts mimicking him saying useless, which the fact that imp really only says useless a little bit kind of jokingly to catch her later on made me think that the like this bit where imp was copying him saying useless was going to be like a bigger thing that was like going to cause like some strife between <laughs> people in the horde but no it's just to just reiterate that he thinks catra is kind of fucking up a lot <laughs> so yeah imp's know. job is to be a weird human style pet yeah he's he's a parrot but he's a demon parrot <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. is absolutely a parrot who looks like a child and sits on Hordak's lap and gets his head petted. It's weird. Yeah, a bit strange. 
But yeah, uh, after the intro, we see that the best friend squad is in the the Whispering Woods, where Adora, apparently between like last episode and now, had been told about Entrapta, and she just says that she can't believe that Entrapta decided to stay with the Horde. And Glimmer basically is like, who needs technology? We have magic on our side. But Bo does kind of rightfully bring up that Entrapta's knowledge of tech is pretty much second to none in everyone that they know on Etheria. <laughs> and but that the rebellion has him as her replacement, so it's all good. As his like latest trick arrow blows up in his face, as <laughs> his fire. Uh, Swiftwind like flies in, saying that he spotted the outpost that they're heading to. Because Glimmer uh, explains for the audience's sake, he wouldn't really have to explain the mission to them while they're already on the mission. She's just doing this for our sake. But she explains that they need to focus on their mission of contacting the farming outpost of Alwyn, which they lost contact with a week ago, despite there being no horde activity in the area. <laughs> but over in the Fright Zone, which I keep almost saying Friend Zone because I just abbreviate to FZ. Nah. <laughs> we should just type Fright Zone. Uh, and Chapter has a small scene to fill of like, basically just filling like 45 seconds of episode time here, I guess. Where she's just annoyed that her desk is all wobbly, but she and Emily don't have the right size screwdriver to fix it and are annoyed. But we instead go over to Katra, who's meeting with Hordak to touch base as she puts it. But Hordak is annoyed that she's interrupted him for no reason, then lists off her recent failures to capitalize on like the frozen uh, Whispering Woods and also being captured last episode. Which I feel like is kind of not giving her credit because she has gotten closer to defeating the Princess Alliance and especially Bright Moon than anybody. Yeah. And she got captured on purpose to, like, fuck with people <laughs> to learn, like, their weaknesses and stuff. So it's not like she's, like, just doing jack shit. So I don't know. He's being a bit hard here. Uh, but yeah, so he decides to turn on a machine that basically removes the atmosphere of the small area to basically just start choking her out and <laughs> she can't breathe. To mostly just to demonstrate what failure in the Horde brings. Again, despite her having actual success and just having some setbacks. <laughs> uh, but he just casually forgets about that. And then he turns it off after he's proved his point and makes her go away. <laughs> uh, back with the... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bit of an escalation. I think we need to retract our statement saying that Hordak is a good boss despite being a fascist. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't know. He has been nothing but supportive up to this point, and now all of a sudden he's built an atmosphere destroyer. So mm -hmm. yep. it's it's sure rough. Has. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess I guess he has like some like artificial like breathing tech in him or something, or he doesn't have to breathe because he might be like partially artificial or something because he's fine in the same area. Like yeah, he's, he's not um, he's not starting to die in there. <laughs> I'm fairly sure Hordak doesn't need to breathe, but I, like not a hundred percent on that. <laughs> yeah, fair. I, I think he's uh, it. He's got like tubes and junk. Yeah, I think he's at least yeah. partly mechanical, but I could be wrong there. Yeah, he's got something in him that he has his own breathe like air supply or something, or he just doesn't have to. But yeah. We could say. But yeah, uh, over with the uh, best friend quad, as Bo starts calling them. <laughs> uh, Swiftwind says he's just getting some bad vibes the closer they get to Alwyn, and they find it looking like pretty creepy and empty. 
And Bo tries to use his updated tracker pad to look for the horde signals, but it just fritzes out and just starts screeching before they turn it off. And Glimmer brings up that the people that people say Alwyn is haunted, which immediately prompts Adora to start telling them ghost stories about different princesses that she's heard in the horde. <laughs> she she brings up like way a bunch of different like oh this reminds me of the blank princess story that I heard and it's like later on they're like it's it's horde propaganda Adora you're being an idiot <laughs> you <laughs> fell for that shit and it's like obviously it's not real it's just the horde trying to make you want to kill princesses more. <laughs> Uh, but Swiftwind hears someone off in the distance and they go and search for them, and they all conveniently miss a ghostly figure in the distance. <laughs> uh, Katra and Scorpion, meanwhile, are making plans to move on Orlandia to bait a response from the rebellion, just because like, Katra is kind of desperate to have something succeed. But apparently the third battalion that she wants to use uh, to do the attack has refused to fight because they're not getting supplies, particularly like new armor and stuff, after apparently putting in six requests. So yeah, Ketra is annoyed. That's pretty yeah. brutal, but also, this is just a thought, but like, if your army's in the field, how often do they need new armor, right? I mean, yeah, if, if, well, if they're getting attacked uh, often enough, maybe their armor is getting like busted up. They don't have the resources to fix it. I guess, no. but the only thing we've really seen that does any damage to the armor is specifically Shira's sword, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, not sure. But Unless yeah, Adora's uh, just out there playing Friday the 13th with these guys. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's she's just playing. Uh, she's playing Dead by Daylight. She's the murderer, and there's like just a bunch of horde guys that she's chasing after. <laughs> <laughs> just having fun. It's it's like it's like watching uh, Gura play as the murderer in uh, Friday in uh, Dead by Daylight. <laughs> just her laughing maniacally <laughs> as she murders her viewers. <laughs> But yes, Catch uh, is just annoyed that she has to deal with like busy work instead of going to stop the rebellion. And at that, Entrapta falls out from the vents because she's still looking for a screwdriver and says that just getting going through the vents is just quicker and easier than having to go like around through doors, even though she's not a prisoner, so she doesn't have to sneak around. <laughs> <laughs> and she just kind of casually says, oh, if you don't have one here, I did see one in Hordak's lab, so I can just go get, get that. And Catra just freaks out about her butting in wherever she wants to go and tells her to promise not to break into Hordak's lab, which Entrapta will definitely make good on that promise. <laughs> But uh, back with the best friend quad again, they check some houses and find them also all devoid of life with signs they left in a hurry with no struggle. Adora says, oh, again, how it just reminds her of another, like, princess horror story that she heard. And they go and continue looking in other buildings. Bo eventually notices that there's a big, like, spiky tower in the center that, that looks a bit familiar to him. <laughs> and yeah, Adora just brings up again another story about princesses, and then realizes, oh, this is horde propaganda. Okay. Back over from Trapta, she's just like sitting outside the Hordex lab, considering the pros and cons of breaking in anyway, even though he, she just promised Catcher that she wouldn't. And then she just like pops in, like we just see inside the lab where she's just in there. It doesn't show her break in or anything. It's just boop. I'm in here now. <laughs> Couldn't resist. And she sees the uh, the electro ball experiment thing fail again. And she kind of just talks to herself and slash Emily after Hordak leaves about how you shouldn't just get pissed because an experiment fails because that's just what science is like. And basically just resolves to stay and help Hordak out even though she's definitely not supposed to be here and will definitely piss him <laughs> off in the process. Yeah, yeah. I don't... 
It's hard for me to understand what the plan is with Entrapta here, because there are moments where she seems to clearly understand morals as time goes on, but, like, at this point, she's just so amoral. She does not care about anything or hurting anyone. It's... Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just putting in everywhere to get a screwdriver, and then after she gets what she wants, she's like, oh, but I could also stay and do this. And it's like, maybe... Like ask her mission, or at the least just be like, yeah, no, not my, not my problem. Goodbye. <laughs> well, not even like this. This doesn't super bother me, right? I mean, stealing from supervillains, fine. And if you want to work on something, also fine. But just for instance, the uh, the hacking the planet thing. She caused hurricanes, firestorms, and earthquakes all at the same time, mm-hmm. and despite that being seen as positive and a stated goal she's still on board with just fixing up whatever he happens to be working on in here you know what i mean mm-hmm. if nothing else maybe study it and figure it out on your own later and not just fix it for him yeah <laughs> but, uh, she's distracted by tech and she has to do that anyway without even knowing what it might possibly be fully <laughs> yeah yep yes uh Back over in Elwyn, uh, Glimmer finally sees a silhouette of the weird ghost person in a reflection, and the rest of them finally also hear like the weird uh, whispering kind of sound that Swiftwind had earlier heard. And so Adora just fully transforms, not doing the full transformation sequence, unfortunately. Uh, the chase after the weird ghost thing, while Entrapta's just fully working on Hordex experiment and says he was using insulated cables and that her replacement should hold charge after he's booting her out. And he activates it and at first is like, oh, this ain't gonna work, but then it does. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just also here again. She did not actually get fully booted out of the room or she rather came back in. And she's basically like, just very interested in what it actually is. So she's like checking out various displays he has and learns that he's been experimenting on portals and which he claims like nobody like actually knows how they would work and he just insists that nobody from Etheria could understand the tech and that they do exist and everything but she lessens back that she got his power source working so it's like ah clearly I actually could understand it so I want to hear everything and he does concede and like tells again tells her that portals are real and that he will get it working properly and that he doesn't have an interest in just using it to move like troops and supplies like she suggests, but rather that he wants to get off this planet to go to another with Trapta also apparently never heard of because she apparently doesn't know about the Despondos dimension stuff. <laughs> so she's of course like stoked about like, oh, there's other planets? Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, especially, like this part I 100% get. If I met an alien, one, yeah, okay, sure. Let's chat about yeah. that for a while. Huh? Yeah, it's like, oh, my boss is an alien from another planet? Word. Let's go. Like, what? tell me everything, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, Catra uh, goes again to visit Chatterweaver just because she wants to throw the requisition files at her, claiming that she's sabotaging her efforts since she can't get the ar- material needed for the armor because... I forget the reasoning, I didn't actually write it down. <laughs> but it's like basically just like a bunch of bullshit where it's like, oh, I can't get this because of this, and I can't get that because of that, what the fuck's going on here? And Shadow Weaver just calmly says that the material she needs to make the armor to attack Orlandia is made in the foundry right here in the Fright Zone. 
and then gloats about how being hurt isn't as easy as Katra envisioned it, and how Hordak really never trusts anybody with actually being involved in anything of his real plans, even including herself, so it's like, yeah, you think that you're actually top shit? Yeah, you don't know shit here, Katra. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, back over with the best friend quad. They try and deal with the ghost thing, but keep failing, only to be surrounded by more of them. And Bo and Glimmer are just like in their moment of stress, you know, talk about how like Bo is a poor in- replacement for Injapta and that Glimmer is just straight up bad at everything. Like, she, she doesn't specify, she just says, I just suck at everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh,. While they're doing their little pity party, uh, Swiftman also joins in, saying that he's been too distracted by the wailing coming from the pointy thing, which makes Bo realize that, oh, okay, that's actually all coming from this. He realizes that apparently all of Valowin is built on the first one's ruin, when Adora accidentally activates it with her sword by just swinging it at one of the ghosts and just hits the ground, which also has very clear patterns of, like, the Magitek stuff that the, like, the previous, like, tower did. <laughs> from the previous <laughs> episodes. Like, how the fuck did you not see any of that on the ground? <laughs> but whatever. They realize that the ghosts are actually holograms, and they go to figure out their point of origin, even though they already realize it's, oh, it's the tower, obviously. Yeah, you know. Big tower. Yeah. Easy guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorpia finds Katra, saying that she finally found the file that says where the materials are, but Katra is just like, I, I already figured it out, and I'm only focused on why you're not paying attention to them. Where Trapped is like, I told you to beforehand, but I went to go try to figure out the stuff. And they find out that she's uh, helping Hordak boost the power of his little, like, ball tech, uh, portal thing. Like, he's, <laughs> she still does over there. And says that they would need a first one sec to get better results. And Hordak immediately dismisses Catra and Scorpia's interruption when they're there, since he says that he's working with a trapped in this project. And they just kind of dismissively walk away because they're like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> we thought that she was in trouble, and actually turns out, no, she's actually gotten actual permission to work on this. <laughs> uh, whoops. But yes, uh, the best friend quad go and see that the pointy thing is transmitting something ever since the Black Garnet accidentally turned it on somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wait, was it the Black Garnet, or was it the thing that Zora turned on last episode? It was... Hmm. It's not the thing from last episode, no, I don't... I'm okay. pretty sure that's not Cause, the Watchtower. Because yeah. my notes mentioned that it was turned on ever since the Black Garnet incident. I didn't think it was that, though, because that was, like, maybe, like... That was, like, a month ago, and apparently people, like, have left this place a while ago, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I truly do not know. Yeah, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It actually got turned on. Blah, 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 blah. Tower was activated when Entrapta hooked up the Black Garnet to the planet okay. via the first one's tech hub. Okay. Yeah. So so it was a month ago, and for some reason, people only decided to leave after some of the weird ghost things, like, a week ago. So we would have dealt with them for three weeks beforehand. I don't know. Well, whatever. maybe it was a gradual process, you know? The town just doesn't up and leave overnight. Yeah, true. Yeah. But yes, uh, Adora reflects on how the first ones are not these, like, huge, like, divine beings and that they're just, like, normal people size and they only just basically want to send messages to friends and family based on the fact that they're, these, like, recordings of the holograms are just, like, repeating themselves. And then, like, again, gets a little bit annoyed that Mara cut them off from the galaxy and everything. <laughs> and they shut off the antenna, but Bo sees a first one's message pop up on his pad that Adora can't decipher and they think it's just scrambled or that the pad's busted. But we end on a site in the desert where there's a message that pops up on the screen in some sort of installation of some kind. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> yes. Again, these episodes are weird. They're they're there's not a whole lot to really talk about in them because it's like yeah, I get it. It's like it's season two. We're building up the stuff, but it's like yeah, these episodes are just kind of slow compared to like the rest of the show so far. Yeah, honestly, like I think it. Heaven forbid I try to change show order, but I think these two could have been one episode, and that would have come off better. Yeah, like like maybe they could have just removed the Alwyn storyline entirely and just had it be like they like Adora goes to deal with the uh like the tower, and then like like basically maybe just make it be like Scorpius dealing with Entrapta back in the fright zone as she turns on this stuff as Catra's kidnapped. I, I guess that maybe is maybe too many plot threads of like there being like three different groups but whatever. I don't know it's, like, it's I see it, like you can have an A plot a B plot and a C plot that's fine yeah. but to my mind at least uh, you could combine these into one episode without too much trouble you've got Adora who's with Swift Wind trying to rebuild the tower you've got Bo and Glimmer who have captured Catra and are being menaced by these ghosts that they don't know where they're coming from and they're freaked out and Catra's using that to take advantage of them and then you've got Entrapta working for Hordak. It's not, like... Yeah. It's not I that guess, hard. <laughs> I guess there also wouldn't be, like, a whole lot going on with Adora and Swiftwind, for the most part. Like, you kind of cut out some of their scenes of Adora being frustrated with the responsibility and Swiftwind being Swiftwind. <laughs> I truly... Like, I wrote down every scene that they have. I didn't cut anything. Yeah, fair. <clears throat> I might have simplified them a little bit because yeah no that that's what we do on here a lot we don't skip over things we just like simplify it and be like yeah okay it's just this yeah we only we don't, we're obviously not going like line of dialogue by line of dialogue because that would take too long yeah there are some things that I'll skip occasionally but they have to be so minor that like yeah yeah no. mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's like stuff like how we didn't talk about like all the different uh like carnival games that Luce and King got up to in really small problems because they just do a montage of them. It's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I know we used to do stuff like that, but that was honestly just too much. <laughs> yeah. Back during the library episodes when I was listing all the books. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of those like, book titles were also like tri- like goofy trivia things. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of them were just like in jokes and whatnot. But yeah, so... No, these these episodes aren't super special, but there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, Do you remember at least if like next week is more interesting? Ah, uh, let's see. What's next week? Uh, those two episodes look like they are roll with it and wipe out. Roll with it is yeah. Well, there are the... definitely some interesting things that happen next week. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I... they're. I don't think either one of them are like major importance, but okay. yeah, they're they're at least fun from what I remember. I do at least see that uh, the last two of season two are named Light Spinner and Reunion, so I assume that stuff happens in those. Maybe just based on those titles. It's very possible stuff happens in those. <laughs> yeah. Titles like that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you look at like season one, it's like, well, what? It, like, it's like, oh, okay, well, what's uh, what's Princess Prom? But it's like, oh, but you see that the season finale is developed right when it's like clearly a fight's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. I don't have a whole lot in my uh, retro style section today. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have. I had literally nothing in Tripica. There's just nothing with these. Like we had no new voice actors. There's just like nothing like hidden or anything like that. Of, like, yeah. Illusions and stuff. Yeah, there's just nothing in it. Pretty much the only thing I've got for you is that uh, the village of Alwyn is a location from the original Shira. Uh, it was not a haunted, creepy, abandoned village back then. Uh, I've dropped a picture. You'll see that there is an actual real-life truck in the village of Alwyn for some reason. There sure is. But yeah. Um... Uh, it's a very unsecure truck because it just has the back door fully open for packages to just fall out of. Yep. It's like, hey, apparently they have my uh, Wednesday USPS courier there <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on a theory a thousand years prior. It was in one episode. Uh, it was next to the Hidden Forest, which is different than the Whispering Woods. Mm. And this dude in blue here is a important wizard. Uh, he will appear in one episode of this series. Um, not, like, he doesn't matter. He's a background character in a flashback, but he's in here. <laughs> Fun. And that's pretty much all I've got for you. That's that's the retro section for today. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember like uh, two or three weeks ago when you said we had such a weird energy episode? I feel like this is weirder just because there's really nothing to talk about these episodes. And <laughs> That's true. I, I mean, well, hey, real quick, we did actually get a like a full transformation sequence in, ep in uh, the previous in episode two. Hey, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's we, we a got, point. What's our countdown? It <laughs> uh, it's at six. I wasn't expecting us to get back to back after the season one premiere. Like, it's like, oh, it feels like they would just reserve those for, like, premieres and finales, and then it's like, oh, they went to one in episode two, but hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's, that's very... Of, co of, of course, it's, it's very something. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it just makes me wonder if they just had to fill, like, another, like, 20 seconds of episode. Much yeah. like the, uh, much like the Entrapped that tries to, like, fix her desk and it's annoyed she doesn't have a screwdriver, which, I get sets up the rest of the stuff of her being involved with getting into Hordak stuff, but it's, like, it's still, like, very much just reads as, like, this is just a goofy, like, a joke that's, like, a weird premise for why she's getting involved. Yeah. And it's just because her desk is wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. Um, we do have a few questions this week. Um, so if you have questions, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter and usweirdos at gmail.com. Usweirdoscast at gmail.com. I can't remember our own email. It is a weird episode. What do you know? Yeah, nobody um, sends anything to it. We've gotten, we've gotten like a total of like, aside from like one email chain in particular that we'll get more into later on at some point, uh, we've gotten like maybe like three emails ever into that email. Hey, <laughs> say what you will, but that inbox is how we got Kyle as a guest on last week. True. I mean, true. Yes. Although I feel like, I mean, if we didn't have that, Kyle would have just probably messaged us over Twitter. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. It's just easier in email format because you're not dealing with Twitter. Ha. But, uh, yes. So, from Aurora Borealis on Twitter, at Casey Cosmos, uh, got a longish video on some strange topic to recommend. I've kind of been on a kick of rewatching Defunct Land lately. <laughs> I mean, when I first started reading the question, I was immediately going to say the Fast Best episode, and then I saw that she mentioned that she's been rewatching the Funk Land, so I was like, oh, dang, you already did that then. Yeah. Uh, I do like like stuff like Super Eyepatch Wolf's uh, videos where he just like really fully dissects why something failed or sucks. 
<laughs> like, I remember he did one on Shenmue 3, and because Shenmue 3 is a nightmare game. But uh, what I will occasionally just rewatch is the, like, three-hour-long uh, video he did about why Ruby sucks. Because Ruby really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... God, I even, like, I, I used to like that show so much to the point where I ran a tabletop campaign, a very short one, in that world, like, 60-something years before the show and everything. But it's like, it's like, God, that show has just jumped off so many sharks <laughs> since then. Because <laughs> that would have been, like, right after, I think, they did their, well, volume three. They don't call them seasons. They have to be pretentious a bit. <laughs> but uh, it's like... I think it was before that, because after that they started to being like, yeah, and there's, like, fucking ancient relics made by literal gods, and, like, you can, like, have a person's soul transfer into another when you die, and bullshit, and it's like, okay, here you go. And now they're doing, like, a full-on, like, Legend of Korra Season 2 spirit world thing for their newest season, it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just keep... Like, it's already been apparent enough how much stuff you took from Avatar, just and, like, Cowboy Bebop, because you liked them, and now you're just making it even more overt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like they in, straight up in Season 2, they literally have a Corgi show up, just because it, they liked Cowboy Bebop a lot, that they wanted to put a Corgi in, because the Corgi's name is Zwei, much like Ein. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, you couldn't make this more overt of what you're just doing here. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't know. Sometimes goofs are fun, but I don't... Like, well, they sent the dog in the mail, so I already know. <laughs> it wasn't them who sent it in the mail; it was their dad who sent it in the mail, and it's like Jesus Christ, this is this is straight up animal abuse. You're sending a dog in the mail just because you need them to watch it for a couple days. Like, <laughs> it's a bad show, but it's an entertaining video to be like, why Ruby sucks? <laughs> Ruby really sucks. <laughs> Well, I think I'm going to have to uh, leave that to you because I don't watch YouTube, <laughs> so I have no Fair. recommendations. Fair. Uh, I mean, they're not they're not as long as something like that, but I do also just like watching a lot of stuff like, uh, again, like it, it, most of the stuff I like to watch is like how like things just fucking failed and they were bad ideas. So like I watch a lot of like, uh, like My Knit Muscles series What Happened. Because, like, I, apparently I'd forgotten. Uh, I didn't actually see the ones that he put out in the last couple of weeks uh, about, like, what happened with the Harvest Moon franchise, because that's a nightmare between, like, all their night naming thing, because they had to, like, rename it as Story of Seasons while there was, like, proper Harvest Moon going on still. That just mm -hmm. was bad. And, like, there was one about uh, DOA 6, which is like, oh, I remember that. That's the one everybody was complaining because they took out a lot of the boob stuff and made you pay a premium to actually have costumes that had boob physics again. <laughs> Like oh boy, hmm. <laughs> like the one thing that everybody actually paid to DOA about, they start they took out and made you pay more. Like they had season passes that were like fifty percent more than the base game. There was a season pass that was ninety three dollars before tax. It's like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's always interesting to especially be like oh yeah, a lot of them are like repeat offenders on his show because it's like well it's just another one, it's just another EA game <laughs> because EA just keeps shitting the bed. <laughs> What they do now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I hope that's enough recommendations for you, Aurora. But I, I cannot contribute to this topic. Um. <laughs> second question on the docket: What would a Shira theme park ride be like? Uh, you definitely have to have like themed areas. Like one is definitely like Bright Moon area, which is like. I, I guess I think more of like stuff like like carousels and whatnot, and then like you have the fright zone that's like all roller coasters and shit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the, uh, I mean, if we're just getting one ride instead of, like, a park, as much as I hate to say it, the thing that's really sticking out to me is, um, have you been on the, uh, Hagrid's Hippogriff ride at Universal Studios? I've never actually gone to Universal Studios, so no. Oh, okay, well, um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually not been to, like, I used to only go down to like Florida a few times when I was a kid, back when my grandparents were a there and b alive. So <laughs> I don't, I didn't really like. We only went there like a couple times just because like whenever we used to go there, especially as kids, they would always just basically make us all pile up in the in the, like the van and drive nonstop. So it's like we would basically just be spending like 24 hours in there while they took the drives and shifts. It was just always miserable. And then my grandparents would never have AC on, so it was just miserable too. So it's like. We would only, like, go to, like, Disney at most if we were down there. It's, well, it's been ages since I would have been there, there last, from what I remember. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I guess I just kind of assumed that if you were into defunct land, you'd be into theme parks, but I don't know why I no, made like, that we, conclusion. <laughs> weirdly, weirdly enough, I don't really give a shit about going to theme parks, really. Like, they're mostly just, they're kind of just, like, too cramped and loud and noisy and pricey. So it's like, and, and always like, also whenever you go to them, it's usually during the summer. So it's also fucking hot as balls because it's summer. <laughs> like the only park I really have gone to in recent years, the few times I've like gone back to visit in Pennsylvania is Knobles. It's a, uh, it's one of the few theme parks in America that they charge by ride and not like park admission. <laughs> so it's more like you can go there for like an afternoon and go on like a few rides. Like everybody likes the Phoenix, which is their like old wooden roller coaster there that's been there for like seventy years or something. Yeah. So, like, you go there, you get, like, a book of tickets for, like, $20 if there's only, like, a couple people there with you. You go there, you eat, you go on some rides, you eat the good pierogies and the good birch beer, and, they, you know, that's basically it. You spend, like, three hours there, and that's all. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, then. Um, I am very much a theme park person. I, I love the whole shties, except for the lines, which is why I always go in February when no one's there. Um Fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah, you're from Texas, so you would like, be able to go to theme park in February. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The weather is the same between Florida, February, and Texas, February. Yeah, not so much growing up on uh, Long Island, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> it might not snow as much on Long Island because it's surrounded by water, but it still gets cold. Yeah, fair. But yeah, the uh, the Hagrid ride that I'm thinking of specifically, like the the... The ride vehicle is shaped like a motorcycle, so I feel like it would be super easy to just overlay that with a swift wind. And then it's a roller coaster, but there are scenes where it like slows down and you get to move past a, like an animatronic of a creature or whatever as it's going around the curve and taking you back up the hill. Yeah. And so or, I think like that would a... be a really good way to get the whole sort of adventure rip rolling. You're on a flying horse. You get to see... She-Ra and Catra animatronics whacking each other gently with rubber swords. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I did also read it as theme park and not park ride, the question, so that's on me as well for trying to think of, like, what a nice little whole park would be like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you had a whole theme park, that would be even just a, a region of a park. If you had a She-Ra Fantasyland or whatever, I think there's a lot you could do with that, but... Yeah. If we were confining it to one ride, I think I would want it to be the roller coaster. Yeah, I, 
It's either that, or it's just also like just a bunch of swift winds on a carousel. <laughs> D- different like pride flag colored swift winds. <laughs> that's true, but not as interesting. Well, yeah, no. I, that, that's, I think my second choice would be a dark that, ride. <laughs> yeah, no. The 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 pride flag like swift wind different colorations uh, carousel is more like a like kind of like uh uh god that's like uh, Disney in the era with uh. Michael Eisner in charge, where it's yeah. just a bunch of like shitty like <laughs> cash grab stuff being shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the idea of a dark ride because that, like, if you're familiar with the uh, the Peter Pan ride at Disney World, you can create the illusion <laughs> of flying very well, but I worry that it would just be less interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, no, it's like, I'm, I'm literally trying to think of, like, the last time I would have actually been at, like, Disney in Florida, and it's like, God, I feel like the last time I was actually in Florida was, like, when I was, like, maybe, like, 16 at most? Something like that. It's It's been ages. Um, it was uh, a year ago, last July. Oh, okay, well... <laughs> I, I've also not really been in much of a position to go to an amusement park living in North Carolina for the last six years till this year. So That's fair. I, uh, my sister I mean, I'm sure is North Carolina a has... competitive dancer, and the finals were in Orlando, so we took the whole uh, family and used it as an excuse. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, theme parks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, ideally, obviously, everyone wants their ride to be Rise of the Resistance, but not everybody can get the Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> Do people like that version of Star Tours? Because I've definitely been on, like, old Star Tours before then, and, like, I don't think I've been on it since they rebranded it as, like, episode, like, 7 through 9 Star Tours. Um, it's fine. It's cool. It's... They basically added a whole bunch of more... It's not a full rebrand, exactly. Mm-hmm. They just added new tracks, new planets and stuff. So yeah. the classic stuff is still in there. You just have okay. to randomly get it. There's no guarantee. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it has different tracks, yeah. And they did update, like, the the, the Pee-wee Herman robot is no longer the pilot, so that's, that's yeah, out. Yeah, so. that, I, I remember that being a thing, because, like, I remember, like, one of the first times I wrote on that, my mom would always bring up how I was, te- like, kept saying that the little Pee-wee Herman robot was not the pilot, which I'm like, yeah, and I'm not wrong, because Chewbacca is the pilot of the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, not this guy. Well, you're like, not I on remember, the Falcon in Star Tours. Like, I used... Yeah, like, I used to think it was, like, C-3PO, but it's, like, I think C-3PO's in, like, uh, display of the, in, like, the line, but it's, like, he's also not the pilot, so I'm technically also right there. Uh, he certainly is the pilot. It, it, not in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean, like, it was, like, no, he's not, he doesn't fly the Millennium Falcon, he doesn't this, but he's not the actual pilot, it's Chewie who is, but obviously you can't have... Unfortunately, you can't have Chewbacca running this. Like, you can't have an animatronic of Chewbacca being the pilot because Chewbacca doesn't speak basic. Well, that's the thing. Star Tours isn't the Millennium Falcon. Chewbacca is flying the Falcon. He sometimes calls you. (laughs) Star Tours is just, like, a generic tour cruise that goes wild. It's the whole premise. Did it it not used to be the Millennium Falcon back in the day? No, no. That's the whole shtiz. Okay. 
Well, whatever. It's just like a luxury tour that still goes not... wrong. Okay, fair. 3PO is still not a pilot, regardless. <laughs> yes, that is correct. He's a protocol droid. Right? He's a translator. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, moving on. Uh, was Adora gay on the Garfield ride? Uh, clearly, Absolutely. yes. Yes, fully. I know you don't. You know you don't say you, that you don't watch uh, you too much. You should definitely watch the Funkland on the Garfield Dark Ride. <laughs> it's it it goes places. It's it's an insane video. It's it's not it's not nearly as crazy as the Fast Fast one, but it is still very entertaining. Of like, yeah, a lot of shit got got went on in the dark in the Garfield Dark Ride. <laughs> the only hesitation I have with Adora going and being gay on the Garfield Dark Ride is that. Uh, she would, you know, the only person Adora's really into is Catra, and I think Catra would be really freaked out by this ride. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, she was freaked out on the actual proper boat, and this is definitely going to be, like, even though it's on a track, it's, like, it definitely would, like, rock back and forth a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true, but also, you know, it's, it's Garfield the cat having his worst nightmares, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It, there is that too. <laughs> I mean, hey, Garfield could have all the nightmares he wants. It didn't still stop people from making out, having sex, and apparently in one case, uh, shitting over the side of the carts <laughs> into the water. Yes, but Catra is a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's different. Mm -hmm. the, the, there's a level of empathy there, even if you don't mean there to be. But uh, either way, uh, that is all of our questions. So thank you so much, Aurora. Uh, I realize those are probably not the answers you hoped for, but there you go. <laughs> the answers uh, you might not have expected, but the answers you're going to get. <laughs> yes. Talking about sitting over the side of the Garfield boat in the Garfield Duck ride. <laughs> uh, I have a new answer for what I want the Shira ride to be like, and I want mm -hmm. it to be like the E.T. Dark ride, except it's an animatronic of Swift Wind at the end saying your name. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is a bit where Swift Wind has to say, like, get ready, your picture's gonna be taken. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you you have those uh you have those pictures framed like it's like you are like welcome to the rebellion like membership card. Mm -hmm. Yep yep yep. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You definitely the glimmer would definitely be like we have to have membership cards this way. It's clearly evident. It's like okay, you're a member of the resistance, obviously, because we saw your membership card. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're definitely not a conscientious rejector nor a member of the horde. You're definitely not. You're definitely not with us. I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's really Glimmer at all. That's more of a bow situation. Eh, fair. It's one of the two, considering that they are just, like, continuously the worst captures pos- like, uh, fucking- They're the worst at keeping a hostage ever. We, we saw that back in the very first two episodes with Fedora, and now we see it again with Katja. Yeah, I don't deny that they're bad at keeping a hostage. It's just that, like, Glimmer is extremely- princess leia-esque in her thoughts of rebellion she just wants to get out there and wreck stuff i don't think she cares whether they have time to make membership cards Bo is the one who wants to play by the okay. rules <laughs> yeah fair i was like but how will we identify other members of the rebellion it's like it's the people that are shooting at the horde Bo. you don't need membership cards yeah that. exactly <laughs> uh, yeah um that's that's all our questions and we did our 
retro segment and we didn't do trivia. Um, you already did your transformation count. Is there anything I'm missing here? Nope. Uh, Again, just short episode, not anything really to talk about in it. <laughs> Very true, but um, well, thanks for thanks for sticking it out. Uh, weird episodes. Uh, we were kind of punchy today. I'm not gonna lie, but I think it came out okay. <laughs> we can have little of punchiness as a treat. Yeah. So, uh, if you have enjoyed the show, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket, where I haven't done a lot, but I did post an image of that chainmail project I mentioned at the top of the show, so that's that's cute. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I, oh. Oh, I was going to say, I do still have the co-host at Nobody, but it's been over a month now and I still haven't been activated, so I don't... It's yes. It's hard to care about that at this point, you know? Same. I, I still haven't gotten mine activated. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm still on Twitter at ChloeFootGas as always. Uh, probably going to be posting uh, like various like clips and screenshots of Xenoblade over the next couple weeks as I play that. <laughs> Not like spoiler things, but just like you know nonsense I see. Or yeah, just like yeah. funny voice clips because I, I definitely have seen and heard enough like voice clips from like the previews they've shown where it's like okay I know that the. The bird lady sniper healer person is definitely going to be snarky as hell. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure uh, she straight up says in one of the trailers, like, uh, it's like scrap that or something. Like, it, basically just like the PG version of fuck that, I guess. <laughs> but also because, like, Xenoblade is very British, she has to say it differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, hey, I mean, to be uh, fair, in, uh, in Xenoblade 2, in, like, the first hour, the main character does say shit, so I don't know, maybe they do uh, let them swear up a storm in this one. <laughs> hey, anything's possible. Yeah. But I guess you'll find out soon enough, huh? Yep, that's, uh, well, I guess officially a day for now, but I'm not going to say a past midnight to play that, because I'm going to kill myself at work if I do that. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Yep. Well, I look forward to your report on that next time, but I think uh, for the moment there's not much left to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have, have to, to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.